Hello everyone, my name is Daniela Lake and this is Life Told by a Stranger. Life Told by a Stranger is a podcast where we hear about the different experiences, backgrounds, hardships, and dreams of people from all walks of life. My guest today is Carly. Carly and I actually went to high school together, she's a great ahead of me, and she just completed her first year of college. Los Angeles, California. My parents are split up, so I kind of bounce between um, the San Fernando Valley and then um, the Hollywood Hills area. So I pretty much grew up in two very distinct neighborhoods, but, you know, just around LA. Yeah, what was your childhood like? (laughs) My childhood was a little chaotic, but for the most part good. Um, Chaotic because, like I said, my parents were split, so I spent a lot of time kind of just bouncing around between both of them. And since I'm an only child, it was hard not having a sibling to kind of share that experience with. I kind of had to um, emotionally figure things out on my own as a kid, which was difficult. But in the end, I feel like it kind of made me stronger and mature emotionally a little quicker. Even though I had struggles within my family as a kid, I found ways to expand my imagination and use it for good, you know, to just help with that developmental time and just have as much fun as I possibly could as a kid, because that really is all that matters as a kid. So, yeah. One thing that my parents, both my parents um, advocated for to this day, but especially as a child, was for me to be part of therapy, because like I said, I didn't have any siblings. I was bouncing back and forth between houses and then especially emotionally I felt a little isolated so they were fully on board with me attending therapy sessions and so that definitely helped with my development and my mental health as a child because I feel like as children really for all children mental health is not really discussed it's not brought up because you know I guess the stereotype of kids is that oh they're not intelligent enough to understand emotions they'll get there though but quite frankly you know that's not really the case kids can really benefit from going to therapy or receiving any type of counseling if they're not getting that type of guidance at home and so that's kind of where my my goal to be a clinical psychologist for children comes from was my experience of going to therapy as a kid so yeah (laughs) so you're majoring in psychology exactly yes I am majoring in psychology at Loyola Marymount University in Los Angeles and so far it is going really well obviously with COVID things had to um, change and I had to adapt to a different system, but the study of psychology itself has been phenomenal for me. It is so interesting and I know for sure that this is what I want to do with my life. So yeah, it's, it's awesome. Okay. So let's get into the big four questions. <laughs> yes, let's do it. If you, <laughs> if you were to write an autobiography, what is one story you would have to include? Wow, that's a great question. Um, I would probably say 
It's kind of a combination of two different situations, but in one story. When I was 11, and then right when I turned 13, I witnessed my uncle and my grandma pass away. And that was probably a one of the most critical times of my life, um, especially at that age. Um, it really opened my eyes to, I guess, just reality, to put it in general terms, um, because, you know, not a lot of children witness death and understand death at that age. Um, but it allowed me to seriously consider how important family is and what that familial love means. Because, you know, as kids, we, you know, we loved our families, no doubt, but it wasn't something that was at the forefront of our brains, you know, like, oh, we have to live every day with the same amount of gratitude as yesterday because we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, that type of thing. But I had to kind of realign my focus and really think about like, wow, you know, this is, this is reality. This is what happens in life. Like not everything is picture perfect, even as a kid. And, you know, it made me really grateful for my parents and that, you know, that they're in good health and that they take care of me and that every day I should wake up feeling that gratitude and, you know, not taking anybody in my family for granted or taking anybody in general for granted. But I think that that's a an important life lesson at any age. Although, of course, it was sad and the grieving process was at times unbearable, but I am truly grateful that my eyes were opened to that idea at such a young age because it helped me throughout my teenage years because as teenagers, you know, we start to become a little more self-absorbed. Obviously, it's just the age it's expected, but it allowed me to keep that thought in my head as a teenager and to say, Carly, although, you know, at these times you're going to have to focus on yourself and your career and what you want to do and whatever, but never forget that family comes first and to be grateful for everyone in your life and not take anybody for granted. So yeah, I would definitely have to include something like that in an autobiography. <laughs> Question number two, what do you value the most in a person and why? This might sound a little cliche, but everybody is so unique and they bring something different to the table, to every relationship that you have with, you know, different people. There's always that one character attribute that stands out that kind of makes you attracted to them, whether it be loyalty, whether it be someone's generosity or their selflessness. But I think the one value that I try to find within everyone that I want to bring into my life is that sense of integrity. Um, because I think especially now in the age of social media and in the age of being easily wrapped up in like the herd mentality, it's so hard to allow your true colors to show and be true to yourself and also be true to others. Just have that true sense of integrity. I think it's, it's so, it's hard to see. People may have it, but sometimes it get, gets masked over. And so, I think people with integrity, you know, like they're, they're strong willed, you know, and they fight for others and they're honest about their feelings and they're honest about their own opinions. And 
they're selfless. I think it's kind of like a combination of several things, but, you know, just integrity. That's pretty much the main thing that I try to see within everybody that I bring into my life. So as a part of that question, I was wondering, you know, since I'm going to be starting my first year of college, literally in like two days. Oh my gosh, that's so exciting. (laughs) (laughs) I was wondering if you noticed a major difference in character between high school students and Mm. college freshmen? That is such a great question. Oh my gosh. So here's the thing. I think every university, although there's stereotypical types of people that you will find, like I guess the typical jocks or the typical nerds, like obviously. However, at each university, the environment plays a huge part in how people form their character. So so I'll start like generally, there's definitely a spike in maturity from high school into college. Yes, at first, it's going to seem like everyone's still like a high school senior, and they'll act that way. But I'd say honestly, a month in, that's when people are like, Oh, wait a second. (laughs) We're in college. Like this is this is serious, because also about how people are treated. That's way different from high school. I mean, in, in college, the professors start to see you as an equal adult. Yes, you're a student and you have to respect them as a professor, but they start to see you as an equal. And so I think that allows people to take college a little more seriously. Like, okay, this is actually a time for me to start taking things, you know, to the next level, to level up, to step it up a bit. You know, I'm not being treated as a kid. Now I'm expected to be acting like an adult. Another factor Carly mentioned that causes a difference in character is the general attitude of the entire student body and the atmosphere of the campus. Carly said that her university has a laid-back, beachy vibe. She says that even if they don't surf, many people act like surfer dudes. Everyone's pretty chill. Students feed off of each other's character. She noticed this the most when she visited her friend at UCLA. People there were more talkative and even walked faster. So it really is a combination of everything, but when it comes to character, you know, you just kind of get a sense of everyone on campus and what the general attitude is. And also, you know, there's going to be those types of people that are the outliers. They're not going to act like everybody else. And it's, it's a combination of so many things. It's very, you have to kind of experience it to know but knowing you and how outgoing and lovely you are you'll do fine wherever you are but it's just kind of hard to explain you have to kind of be there putting aside money fear and insecurity what is one thing you would love to do if there were no stakes and you had all the freedom in the world that's a hard one wow um oh this it's kind of hard to explain but Sometimes I wish, without consequence, I can just go into anybody's household or anybody's, like, life and kind of observe the problems they're having and then somehow just, like, help them work through, like, emotional problems or, like, relationship problems, even if it's between family members. And I know that sounds, like, pretty basic, but, like, part of me, like, you know, without facing the consequences of like (laughs) like being yelled at like if I was just like expected there in the house I would just like like fix everyone's problems and say this person this needs to be done and this person this needs to be done like 
that might sound a little controlling, but I feel like <laughs> it would just be, it would just be like that third eye or that third party type of thing. And it ends up being helpful in the end because it's like an unbiased suggestion. And so to me, I wish like I could just go to, you know, someone could call me like property brothers. I like, love property come fix brothers. my house. Come fix my house. I need like I need help or something. And I just go over and I'm like, okay, this needs to be done. This needs to be done. And like, I don't know, like, so have world peace as the pageant girls would say, but no, I'm, I don't know. It's kind of hard, but like, sometimes I wish I could just be involved in people's problems and help them. (laughs) I don't know, but yeah. (laughs) Okay. Question number four, what is the greatest piece of advice you have to offer? The piece of advice I would just give everybody in life no matter what age they are, is just trusting your guts, trusting your intuition. And I know that sounds a little cliche as well, but it's just in so many situations, I feel like everyone's intuition, everyone's gut feeling gets overpowered or shadowed by our human tendency to overthink and try to come up with conclusions like right away. So if, you know, for example, I'm just going to give like a completely hypothetical example. If we meet someone for the first time and we just get like kind of a bad feeling, like we can't really understand why, or they just don't, you know, they're not being judgmental, but just deep down, they feel some, just something feels funny. Something feels off about that person but you know our human tendencies to just you know overthink and be like well I don't know maybe I'm just physically not feeling well or you know maybe I'm just you know tired or I don't know this person seems really nice so it's fine it's fine and then time passes and then something happens and then they tell themselves oh my gosh I knew it all along I got a bad feeling from that person right I feel like if people just trusted their gut without being judgmental right you don't have to like straight up if you have a bad feeling about someone say like I have a bad feeling about you you suck I'm not (laughs) saying that but just listening to that intuition in any circumstance whether it be regarding another person or even just being in a weird place just listening to that gut feeling listening to that intuition could honestly help so many people it could help me I need to practice what I preach (laughs) especially at my age I'm entering my 20s I could really oh my god listen I know right crazy I could really benefit from listening to my gut feeling instead of coming up with these conclusions without any reason to you know because one thing I will say to you Danny specifically because you are entering college that is something that I would strongly advise you to do is just to listen to your gut if you um once that time comes obviously (laughs) we're still having to be isolated from people but you know if you end up going to a college party or you're starting to meet new people on campus or whatever it may be, listen to your gut. If you get a bad feeling from someone, again, you don't have to be judgmental, but just listen to that because it, it it's meant to tell you something. You know, you don't have to pressure yourself to feel a certain way about someone just because other people feel that way about them. Like allowing yourself to feel that way And instead of being so concerned or scared about why you're feeling that way, just truly like sit on it and think about it. This season, I asked my guests to choose a quote that they feel relates to their life in some way from Ralph Waldo Emerson's essay on self-reliance. 
Self-reliance talks about being a nonconformist, trusting your intuition, like Carly mentioned, society's effects on the individual, and so much more. And the quote is, I will seek my own. I do this not selfish, selfishly, but humbly and truly. It is alike your interest and mine and all men's, however long we have dwelt in lies to live in truth. You know, when I first read that, the first thing I thought about was honestly my own experience of going off to college and becoming an individual in this crazy world. Even just the first sentence in the quote, it says, I will seek my own. And then it continues to say, I do this not selfishly, but humbly and truly. I interpreted that as meaning I am leaving the nest. I am becoming my own person and I'm finding my own truth. I, I, my intentions are not to hurt anybody like my parents or those I've known for my whole life. I'm simply just blossoming and I'm coming out of that shell of childhood and, you know, adolescence into adulthood and seeing the world with a new lens, with a personal lens instead of with the influence of like my parents beliefs or you know different expectations now i have the opportunity to make my own expectations to kind of create a path for myself and then it says it is alike your interest and mine and all men's however long we have dwelt in lies to live in truth with that specifically when it says however long we have dwelt in lies i feel like that can be kind of personal to whoever reads this quote lies meaning you know if some if say a parent was telling you oh you need to study this in college or you need to major in this in college because you're not necessarily smart enough to do that like, that's a lie, right? Because if you have a passion for something, of course you're going to be good at it, no matter what grades you get. If you, That passion will drive you. And that's the truth that everyone has to find themselves. People dwell in certain lies, even political lies, right? You know, if a certain politician may have these empty promises to the country, they give empty promises and and don't fulfill them. And people are kind of, just living their lives, believing that these things are going to happen, yet injustices are happening as they're trying to believe these lies. And so they got to open their eyes and see the truth. No, there's injustices. This person is not necessarily doing anything about these problems. Stop believing that they're just going to magically get better. You know, those types of things. That's kind of how I interpreted it. Because like in my own experience at home, you know, it, it wasn't a severe case of feeling put down, but I have like four to five generations of nurses on my um, my mom's side. My mom is a registered nurse, as was my grandma, as was my great grandma, etc. And for the longest time, I was expected because I was raised in that environment to go into the medical field. When I decided to become a psychologist or when I kind of came to the realization that that was my passion, um, I wasn't necessarily put down, but, um, I guess people on my mom's side, even my dad's side and family friends were like, you don't want to become a nurse. Oh, I feel like you'd be so good at that. Oh, you know, there's so many therapists out there. Nursing pays so much better, blah, blah, blah. I was kind of in a way 
trying to be influenced to do something that I know was not true to me. Although I respect nurses, I respect everyone who works in the medical field, especially now. It's just not for me. And I was kind of, for a little while, living in a lie of like, well, that's kind of expected. Maybe I'll somehow find that passion. But no, I'm, I'm starting to blossom. I'm starting to seek my own. I'm starting to develop a sense of what I want to do. What's, what, what does my heart truly tell me? Is there excitement when I think about nursing or is there excitement and a drive and motivation when I think about psychology? Well, it's psychology. That's my truth, you know? So that's my TED talk. No, I'm just <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I think you'll be an amazing psychologist. <laughs> Thank you so much. That's so sweet. Thank you so much for talking with me and and sharing your advice. You just have so much good stuff to say. Like I learned oh, so much. Thank you. <laughs> I feel like I ramble so much and just won't stop talking. But hopefully for you personally, for everyone out there listening, they can at least take one thing away. I hope you all enjoyed listening to this episode of Life Told by a Stranger. Since I'm starting my first year of college, I'll be taking a break from the podcast to focus on navigating this new world. I really hope you've all enjoyed season three. All of it besides this episode was recorded in the summer of 2019, and it's been so fun to listen to it a year later. Follow us on Instagram at Life Told by a Stranger to stay updated and to let me know your thoughts on the podcast.